Well, it's been at least seven days, which means it's time for a new This Week in Film, the weekly podcast where we come together to discuss the movies we've seen over the past week. I'm Nick Panonto, joined as always by <laughs> Charlie Chester and Ray Rudiminke. What's up? I hey, spent a lot guys. of time writing that. It's just every time it, you say the exact same thing, just in a different way. <laughs> and it's getting more and more interesting each week. I'm going to use more words each time. <laughs> Diving right in this week again is me this time. Nice. Oh, okay. Last night, I watched the movie from the 1980s, Dirty Dancing, directed oh, by Emil Ardolino. And I don't know if you guys know anything about this movie. You, yeah. don't, remember, you don't remember much about Not it. Not much, no. No, every female Would you, would that you I knew... say that this is like a family-friendly, like this is a, a movie that like daughters and mothers <laughs> watch together? Well, every one it. of my young cousins watch this as children. Like this is their favorite movie. Yeah. This movie completely revolves around a young girl's abortion. <laughs> that, that is the centerpiece of the family-friendly movie. It's good. It's good. Learn. It's good to, for the kids to learn about. So it's a rich country club, and at this country club, Patrick Swayze stars in the movie, and he's a dance instructor. Right. And his dance partner is this blonde girl named Penny. Penny gets pregnant, and they need to take care of it. Jennifer Grey making friends with the the lower class people, which is which is a big deal too. That she's hanging out with the worker class. She's slumming it. And she's having a blast. And then she finds this opportunity to become a dancer because Patrick Swayze's dance partner is pregnant and she has to go have an abortion on Thursday. So <laughs> so Jennifer Jeez. Grey needs to learn how to dance because the blonde Penny's going to be busy. Right. And Swayze's baby? No, no. Oh, okay. All it's right. not Swayze's Alleged. baby. Well, I mean, he, he takes responsibility for her, but just because she's his childhood friend. Right. But because Swayze's the man in this movie. He's, he's When isn't man. he the man in right. any movie? Right. Well, well, it leads to further confusion because baby's... Her dad, he's played dead, by Jerry Orbach, yeah. yeah. Jerry Orbach has to save... Jerry Orbach <laughs> has to save this girl's life. And then when he leaves, he sees that Patrick Swayze's there and, she, and his daughter's there. And he's like, this is a terrible, you're all terrible people. And he leaves. Anyway, they continue to dance and date. What's the age difference? I'd say Swayze's got to be 25 in the movie. And babies, like Jennifer Grey's age, we could not figure it out because she has a Wait, sister. Her name is Baby? Yeah, I've been calls, confused by this. Okay. Her, everyone calls her Baby, but her real name in the movie is Francis, which nobody. was supposed to be a reveal in the movie. So, nobody so, cares. so the, the story catalyst is an abortion. Yep. The girl's name is Baby. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a big theme going on. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. I, I just don't understand why so many families and. and like, this is considered a family movie. We talked about this yeah, earlier, but... like how like Monster Squad was like, you were being bad by watching that as a kid because mm -hmm. these kids are smoking and, and right. cursing, cursing and everything. I feel like this is the female version <laughs> of Monster Squad. Like, I don't remember, like, my sisters and my cousins, like, they would sneak off to watch this movie. This wasn't like, you know, well, hey, let's good. all sit around and watch this movie together. It gets, like, risque, you know, yeah. at times. It gets the very whole risque. Dance the dancing, that... when they go to the worker's house and there's, they're just listening to, like, rock and roll and just, they're all grinding on each other 
and for sweating. hours. Just yeah. gr- like the, all I can think is they're all in pain tomorrow. Like they're all <laughs> rubbed, chafy, bad. Oh you know, boy! Like, and then especially if you think about the actors and how many takes they probably oh, yeah, had yeah. to do of them just grinding on each other. <laughs> I will say that there was terrific chemistry between Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey. The the two of them were terrific together. Was there any actual? Romance on set? Do you know? I don't Any know. I didn't, I didn't look it up. I didn't want it ruined for me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to ruin. <laughs> like, there's some really, there are some really honest moments in that movie where, like, at one point they're they're in the water and they're doing like they're practicing lifts and he mm-hmm. lifts her up out of the water and and he's like don't 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 and then they fall and they, like the laughter that they do, you, you know, can tell probably genuine. The soundtrack. Oh, is, well, yeah. Is is a is a eclectic because I bet when the movie came out in I want to say eighty eight it was supposed to be a contemporary plus the sixties kind of a soundtrack so it's got music from the sixties and then modern music which was like music from the eighties at the time right but when you listen to it now it's just this hodgepodge of weird pop hits from the eighties and sixties classics and Swayze even sings that one song of his that was real popular. The uh, she's like the wind. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you really enjoyed it. I had a good time watching it. Nick, you're you're beaming right now. You're uh, glowing. I would recommend watching Dirty Dancing. Just just for the comments that you can make because it is a fun movie to watch and make fun of. Ray, what did you see this week? This week I watched the 1995 action thriller Crimson Tide. Nice. Oh, wow. Directed by the late Tony Scott and starring Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington. Wow, you, you guys love yourself some Tony Scott. We've talked a lot of Tony Scott in this show. Really, he's, really he's a good have. director. He is a good director. I will say this is not one of my favorite Tony Scott movies. <laughs> good soundtrack, or uh, not shouldn't say soundtrack, score. Hmm. Hans Zimmer do, do, does the score, really? which I did not realize. Nice. The movie starts out with this statement. The three most powerful men in the world, the President of the United States the president of the Russian Republic, or the captain of the U.S. nuclear missile submarine. (laughs) (laughs) It takes place, I guess, around 1995. It's kind of an alternative history thing. There's a civil war going on in Russia, and there's these Russian ultra-nationalists that take control of a nuclear missile base and are threatening to use nukes against the U.S. and the Russian government. Mm-hmm. for trying to stop them. Gene Hackman is the uh, commanding officer of the USS Alabama, and he hires uh, Denzel Washington to be his executive officer, which is basically the second in command of the submarine. movie is stacked with great actors, including Denzel and Gene Hackman. You also have Viggo Mortensen, James Gandolfini, really? Ricky Schroeder, Steve Zahn. Oh, Ricky Schroeder. Yes, Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Phillippe is also in the movie, and I'm pretty sure he did not have any lines. From Delaware. Um, Oh, yeah, Delaware. Yep. Warehouse guy? That's what the kids call it. Nice. <laughs> Denzel and Gene Hackman basically have two different views of war. Gene Hackman's kind of a, he calls himself a simple military man, basically saying if the, if the president tells him to push a button to launch nukes, he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Denzel's more along the lines of, I'll do it, but you need to tell me why I'm doing mm-hmm. it. While they're on the submarine, while they're out in the Mediterranean, they get an uh, emergency message saying the Russian nationalists have figured out the codes to this sub, uh, nuclear sub base. They're, ready to la- they're getting ready to launch within the next couple of hours, saying that the U.S. Alabama has to get their nukes ready to launch in case they do. While they're waiting, they encounter another Russian submarine. That Russian submarine launches a torpedo at them. They narrowly miss it, 
but it explodes next to their ship and kind of like throws off their communication. Mm -hmm. While the explosion goes off, they get another message. Oh no. When the, the explosion kind of cuts off their communication, so they, while they're getting the message, it doesn't get sent th uh, through like completely. Right. So they basically get half of a message and they don't know what it says. Gene Hackman thinks that seems to think it says launch the nukes, even though it doesn't say that. Right. Denzel, the voice of reason, is like, it doesn't say launch them. Like, we're not launching them unless it, unless it says it. And they is get, this one of those, each one of them has a key? Yeah, exactly. Each one of them has a key, and they both have to turn their key. Right. They have a big argument about it. Gene Hackman tries to uh, replace Denzel. He's like, you're out of, out of line. I'm going to replace you as executive officer. I'm going to put, you know, the third guy in command above you. And Denzel goes, no. You're not allowed to do that, so I'm holding you in contempt. You're under arrest, which doesn't make didn't make any sense to me because one guy says he's going to do something, and then somehow Denzel, who's second in command, usurps him and basically goes, "You're under arrest," and the whole crew agrees with him. So Gene Hackman gets sent. Yeah, it's, it's mutiny, mutiny basically. Gene Hackman gets sent like to the bottom of the ship with his little uh, Jack Russell Terrier dog, and. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his like little partner, and uh, <laughs> now Denzel's in charge of the ship, and they have to figure out how to get communication back because they want to know what that message said. So basically, the whole the whole rest of the movie is is like, what did this message say? Who was right, Gene Hackman or Denzel? Right. Mm -hmm. They kind of like lead you along the whole time. So I mean, the whole movie is about like doubt and what would you do? Right. Exactly. Those are the two major themes, which is great. I mean, right. like that. I mean, that's like Twelve Angry Men. You know, like that's <laughs> yeah. you know that that's a, a classic plot device it's it's it could be re done really powerful and they they did a good job in it yeah i think so i, I guess i think it kind of shows his age a little bit some of the acting is cheesy and some of the action sequences are just like not very well done but i mean gene hackman and denzel are both very good actors so they kind of carry it denzel especially this is like a very young denzel i think he's only like in his early 30s at this point it, it was pretty good i'm a big tony scott fan like i said it's not his best work like Spy Game is like one of my favorite movies. I love of all, Spy it's Game. one of my favorite movies of all time. I imagine as it's getting more and more intense, for some reason, the uh, the coolant systems in this place died, and they're just sweating in like a hot box just oh, yeah, to you show. Can't, you can't just to show a, how well, intense it's getting. It's a Tony Scott movie, so yeah. I'm just gonna guess, and this is based off of Top Gun. <laughs> Everyone is very sweaty. Yes, there's a lot of sweat. Very sweaty. There's yeah. actually all the time. There's actually one random like boxing scene that felt completely out of place to me. Sure. Like Denzel is like working out in like I guess the submarine's gym or whatever. You've never gone sub boxing, <laughs> and he's like sparring with somebody and like hitting a heavy bag. And there's like yeah. music playing. Like like it was like a scene from Rocky. I was like, yeah, it was just so out of place. But sure. whatever. What I've seen there was of... sweat everywhere. Sure. Since yeah. we started doing this show and all the Tony Scott movies we watched, <laughs> he loves. Sweat. <laughs> he loves sweat. He did. Like sweat yeah. is the first actor. <laughs> but I guess if you're like in a crowded submarine, you're going to be, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. realistic. Well, you you're know, going to be got, sweating. You got life and death at stake. You know, right. you're going to be sweaty. But yeah, he I loves just... sweaty, <laughs> sweaty sailors. <laughs> and who doesn't? Right. 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 right, right, right. Charlie, I've been debating which one I want to talk about because we only have time for one. So I will go with a movie from the mid '90s that. For some reason, was my buddy's favorite movie. It was like my buddy Chris watched this movie in theater six times. I shit you not. We were all excited about it because we read the book and we were like waiting for it, and we were hoping it, it was going to be like another Jurassic Park. But lo and behold, Congo uh, did not Congo. live up to the oh, expectations. Yes. Expecting a Michael <laughs> Crichton. I saw that at coming. The time. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, my buddy's like, for some reason, it was so hyped up at the time because I think they were trying to go off the money train that was Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, Jurassic you know? Park, Michael Crichton. It was... Yeah. The movie couldn't fail. Nope. And yet... <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> well, I mean, like, at its basic description, it's very similar to Jurassic Park in a lot of ways. Family, adventure, creature, threat of some sort. I mean, that's kind of like Congo and kind of like Jurassic Park. Like, those themes are there. But the problem is you get Spielberg in Jurassic Park who does a very good job of blending family fun with horror right. and not beating you over the head with gore. Also, the movie of Jurassic Park used parts of the book Jurassic Park, which I think was a big, <laughs> a big help to the movie Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Whereas the book for Congo was thrown away <laughs> yeah so the the basic plot of congo is there's a telecommunications company that somehow gets wind of these super diamonds that uh i guess uh you can just beam technology through for so like they don't explain the science it's diamonds they're, they're great they're, for some reason they have to exist around volcanoes so they they randomly pick the right volcano and bruce campbell and his expedition is there, and they, they're beaming back on a satellite saying, we found them, you know, like, uh, uh, lo and behold, and they, they do a demo of, like, this super laser gun that he builds, right. and he drops, like, a, a diamond in it, and it shoots a laser beam out. They've foreshadowed that they will be using laser guns at right. some point in this movie. And then all of a sudden, they get attacked by, like, these crazy gorillas. The image is so unclear what attacked them, but the mystery is killed already. This it's threat, like this mysterious threat. gorillas yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Super gorillas. Tim Curry's in the movie, and, and it's like, he's the <laughs> legend Curry. of the killer ape, or something like that. <laughs> what accent is he doing? It is, like, a mixture of, like, four different accents. I don't South know. South African? It, yeah, it is uncomfortable to listen to. And, it, like, every time that he talks, I'm just, like, taken out of the movie completely. Bruce Campbell plays Laura Linney's fiancé, kind of. Her boss is... Bruce Campbell's father. And the boss is the cliche bad guy who's like, I don't care what has to get done. You guys get down there and get those diamonds. So she's like, what about your son? He's like, well, yeah, you can get him too. That's cool, you know, but like get those diamonds. So they go on this adventure. Now cut to the side story of this man teaching an ape, Amy, how to sign language and talk right. and his new technology. Oh, talking monkey. I'm Amy. Yeah. Amy, yeah. good gorilla. <laughs> over and over. But Amy, she, good she gorilla. talks like Stephen Hawking, yeah. right? Out of yeah. like a robot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It's... Was that in the book? Yes. I don't remember. That was in the book. Okay. What, what ends up happening is that they link up right. and they go into the jungle and you already realize, okay, why are they introducing this ape? You know, like, well, if there's these killer apes out there, it's going to eventually talk to them and like right. save them or whatever. And lo and behold, yes. Like everything that you know is going to happen is lined up within the first, first like yeah. 10 minutes of the movie. Don't the apes get armed with the laser weapons? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a point where like in the lost city of Zinch where they get oh, there. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that where apes, we put that? <laughs> the apes pick up the laser weapons. And, just, and yeah. they start fighting the But humans, yeah, we right? use them and then we destroy them. Yeah, so the movie, you know, trudges on. So like the main thing I took from this is that its major failure is that it wants to be family fun adventure. And then it just gets like, they go horror show with it. People's heads are getting like bashed in by mm -hmm. these gorillas and whatnot. Right. Like, and there's no, these two 
tones don't mix yeah. at all. Well, it's kind of like this, it's isn't it one thing? That it's like one person disappears and the next person disappears, and that doesn't that kind of what happens? Yeah, essentially. Uh, yes, every like every t- every time they go off somewhere right. to look for blue diamonds, Somebody you know that yeah. like whoever got left behind is going to get their head bashed in yeah, in right. some way. It's- all right, well, that's week 14. I don't think I said that at the beginning of the show. This is week 14 of the This Week in Film podcast. Last week's question, Ray, was oh. pretty popular. I believe it was, what movie do you need to see as a kid in order to enjoy as an adult? John uh, on Facebook, a.k.a. our old friend Chibi Foz, says the last starfighter could not agree more i watched mm-hmm. that movie a couple weeks ago it is tough to get through and I, <laughs> I never saw it as a kid like it is brutal yeah i don't think i've ever seen that one don't don't just <laughs> just let it go because you're never going to appreciate it scott from facebook says explorers which apparently there's an ethan hawk movie yeah where he makes a computer that turns into a spaceship that goes to space it's one of my favorites and yeah. i am angry <laughs> that i never knew about yep. this yeah, it's. Uh, I wanted to watch it, but I can't get my hands on it. Oh. Yeah. Jill says the Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. At on Twitter at Malcolm Powder of the Smorgasbord podcast, he says Stargate, and I hope that he's wrong. Yeah, love Stargate. I love Stargate, but I haven't seen it in such a long time. Yeah, that yeah I guess same with me too. I haven't seen it in a while either. And that's a Val Kilmer. Uh, not Val Kilmer. Uh, it's Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell yeah. yeah. Love Kurt Russell. At BFGC podcast of the Bad Films Good Company podcast they said the goonies and i i would agree like i love the goonies but i can imagine looking at that as an adult going this is obnoxious why don't these kids ever shut up oh i I don't know know. s at spf oz music he says he's he's afraid for his life now after he says this but star wars a new hope Ah. says he only watched it for the first time recently and he doesn't get it really yeah well he's a brave man for admitting it yep Tough life. Brave dead man. (laughs) (laughs) At Wilmington Dan said Young Einstein, which is the Yahoo serious movie. I've never seen it. Even as a kid, I didn't like that movie. I was like, this movie's so stupid. But Dan also adds, and the movie The Wraith, which I had never heard of, but seemed like it would be The Wraith is one of my favorite movies. I gotta rewatch it now. And then our very own Keith. He responded with Space Jam. Wow. Gonna watch yeah. Space Jam as a kid. <laughs> I can see that totally. Ray, do you have a new Ray's Random Ray Quest for this week? Yeah, uh, so this week, uh, with watching Crimson Tide and talking about it with other people, it seemed like it when you when you say that movie, you, you kinda some people get confused with other submarine movies. And I started thinking like there's a lot of submarine movies out there. There are. My question is pretty simple. What's your favorite movie that takes place on a submarine? Very nice. Alright. Charlie, where can the people find us on the internet? SoundCloud, Facebook, the YouTube, iTunes, <laughs> Stitcher, Twitter. And this week in filmpodcast.com. We have a website. Yeah, we sure do. The the YouTube. (laughs) You can find us on the YouTubes. And uh, Charlie, your book available on Amazon? Yeah, it dropped. Boy Zero is on Amazon. Uh, I even have an author bio, which is pretty nice. sweet. Very cool. Yeah, I was excited I about think that. I did read that. Nice, nice. Uh, Ray, you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I got nothing. I don't have anything else to add. Oh, you know what I do? Please rate, review, or subscribe to us, especially on the iTunes, if you could write us reviews on iTunes. Somehow it matters. If you're unaware, we also do a video edition of this show that is on YouTube. 
Uh, we take a, an older episode. It's a more condensed version of the show you just listened, but we intercut it with relevant clips from the movies that we're talking about. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, check us out on uh, This Week in Film podcast on YouTube. Other you than that... See how handsome we are. Yeah, mostly yeah. me. <laughs> if that's all we have to say, we'll see you next week. See right, you guys. You guys.